Well, hello, friends and fam. Welcome back. You guys are uh, listening to Every Days of Saturdays. I'm your host, Brian Roof. That's me, myself, and I. Uh, today's episode, guys, uh, episode four, it's going to be called The 90s, The Years That Define Me. All right, all right, all right. Before we get into today's episode, I like to do a little bit of a buddy check before I start. I just want to check on how everyone's out there doing. I hope everything's going well for you so far. You know, I think every uh, new year that comes around, we hope it's going to be better than the last. Um, but maybe you had one of those amazing years too, though, and you hope that the, the next year is going to be the same, you know. But nevertheless, life doesn't really care about time, and anything can go terribly wrong or amazingly right at any given moment. But just know, we only get one chance of living life here on earth. So try to make every day the best day that you can. And shit, if you're struggling and you feel alone, know that you're not alone though. There's a lot of people out there. You could reach out to, you know, uh, uh, friends and family, uh, people who can relate to you, like uh, maybe uh, some military friends um, or maybe coworkers, or maybe you're still in school and you have some classmates, you know, reach out to those kind of people. And if you feel like uh, you don't want to go to them and you want to reach out to someone else, there's a total uh, discreet way you can do it. It's a suicide and crisis lifeline. You can dial directly from your phone, uh, 988, and press 1, or text directly to them, 838-255. But you know what? Man, just talk to someone before you do anything that you can never go back on and it's permanent you know you don't want to do a temporary you know a permanent fix for a temporary thing so anyways i hope you guys are doing well i hope everything is going well for you and like i said if not don't be ashamed of reaching out to someone don't feel like you're alone there's a lot of people out there in this world struggling there's a lot of people out there that are alone so just know that you're not alone in the situation that you may be in. But anyways, let's get ready and uh, let's get started. All right, friends and fam. So you guys are listening to episode four. If you haven't had the chance to uh, listen through uh, to episodes uh, one through three, when you get a chance, please go check those out. Uh, last time I left off on episode three, I was talking about this gang that I had joined, which was called uh daf also known as uh down as fuck <laughs> yeah man i can't say it without laughing nowadays and back then i thought it was the coolest shit but uh makes me laugh but anyways um you know to to get a little bit more into that those guys hanging out with them kind of put me into a situation where i started getting tougher and i became more like a bully, which is something I really wasn't fond of. I didn't like bullies at the time. Uh, definitely never been a fan of bullies. And then here I am becoming one, essentially. Because, you know, they're making me fight kids, jump kids in the bathrooms for no reason. And eventually they would make me fight the kid who was my best friend when I first came into the school and kind of took me under his wings. 
I felt horrible, but they really wanted me to fight this guy because he was this big guy and they really wanted to test my loyalty. So, of course, you know, me trying to be a badass or try to prove my point to these guys that I'm I'm down for whatever, I'm down as fuck, <laughs> that I would go up and fight him. So I ended up going up to this guy, Jason, and he was, like I said, a lot taller than me. Definitely double the size of me. He was a big kid, stood out amongst everybody. And uh, we get into a big little scuffle out there on the uh, playground. Uh, eventually ends up on the ground. I mean, he wasn't uh, really landing any blows. He's just a very big guy, kind of swung very slow. Um, ended up on the ground. Um, teachers and students came over to break it up. And as we're getting up, he goes into like an asthmatic episode. And I'm like, oh no, oh no. You know, this is playing into my feeling guilty that I'm already fighting a guy that kind of took me in under his wings. And now here he is having this episode and it's just making me feel even more guilty. So I really, you know, I obviously feel bad to looking back at this time that, you know, these guys were pushing me to do things that I normally wouldn't do. Um, but I was at a, at a point in my life where I felt that I had to prove my toughness and that way I wasn't getting picked on because honestly getting picked on and you know getting on the bus and stuff was very intimidating and I didn't want to feel that way every day so you know I had gravitated and became a thug so I got another little funny story kind of around the same time and uh these same guys would in, in eventually introduce me to weed. Well, it was one dude in particular. And so I thought it was weed. This is a pretty funny story. So I'm thinking, yeah, man, I want to be cool. Yeah, let's go smoke some weed. You know, so he takes me out to the desert. And we go over to a bush, also known as a weed. <laughs> and he takes a little piece off the weed, puts it in. I don't remember what we were using to smoke it out of. I think it was a little pipe. He puts it in this pipe, and I'm like, oh, man, this is weed? It's so easy to get it. Like, you know, like, wow. And, oh, my gosh, man, this is how naive I am at, at sixth grade. So we uh, try to smoke this weed, of course. Of course, it didn't really work out well because... I don't even think the thing really burnt much and you know obviously it probably tastes like hell but man we were sitting here thinking we we're smoking real weed gosh dang so stupid <laughs> but uh yeah anyway so living with my dad probably wasn't the best situation for a kid you know and my mom started kind of reaching out to me um during this point and I was kind of upset with her due to the whole situation that ended up you know with me ultimately living with my dad I was kind of still upset with her so you know she would be talking to me on the phone and trying to you know see how I was and and eventually got me to a point where you know we needed to start hanging out and stuff and I believe we started some kind of like family counseling around this time um as well and you know we started going to a counselor and, uh, I remember 
kind of being a little scared that actually my parents would get back together, which is kind of, you know, sad. But they fought so much that I just really did not, in my heart, want them back together. And I think I expressed myself to the therapist or counselor, whatever it was that we were going to at the time. And <clears throat> and she had, um, or he, I don't remember whether it was a male or female. And that person had, you know, told my parents that, you know, I didn't want them to be together. And I know that that made my dad very, very upset with me. And I was still living with him at the time, you know, so he was pretty, pretty upset with me that I didn't want him to live together. And, you know, as a kid, I was super scared. So I didn't really want to, I didn't express myself and express to myself why I didn't want him together. I just, you know, I think I shut down out of fear that I'd get in trouble. But um, ultimately, my mom would come and visit us and, you know, Living with my dad, it wasn't the best situation. I stayed home a lot because my dad worked. And he was also, you know, a coping, divorcee, single guy, you know, hooked into drugs, partying life. So, you know, he would work and then he would come home, get ready, go out and party. So I was left home quite a bit. And um, my dad wasn't the best of, uh, you know, keeping the cupboard stocked and stuff like that so I started learning how to cook for myself how to kind of fend for myself and you know um it just wasn't a really good situation and <clears throat> my mom coming she would come over and you know come visit me or grab me and take me out to eat or you know try to visit me for a little bit and my dad sometimes wouldn't be there so she would come inside and she you know would see the situation so I, you know, eventually I think she just got really tired of it. So anyhow, it leads me to, my dad had me into football. Um, it was a Lancaster youth football team. And um, my mom shows up to a practice one day. And we're we're middle practice. And I'm like, a, I'm all suited in, you know, my helmet. I have total pads on from helmet all the way down to cleats no regular clothes and uh my mom shows up to practice mid-practice my dad had, would drop me off at the practices a lot of the time and so uh she grabbed me and told me that she was picking me up and i'm like oh okay takes me and takes me back to attach me and basically kidnaps me and you know she's like brian the situation i don't want you living with your dad anymore so um, you're going to come live with me. And so I'm back into Tatchby now. So moving back to Tatchby, it was around my, uh, well, me going into my seventh grade year. Um, so it was like the tail end of my uh, summer um, from sixth grade. And uh, so I would uh, go to uh, the new uh, junior high in Tatchby. And of course, I was a new student again. Uh, but I think they were only about a week into the school year. And so it wasn't like it was too bad, like going into the middle of the school year. But nevertheless, again, I'm a new student in an awkward situation. But this time I would know some of the kids, you know, um, from going to the school out there in sixth grade. Um, so I remember some of them. But I wasn't the exact same kid when they they saw me this time, you know, this time I had been exposed to being in gangs and, uh, sticking up for myself and, 
uh, kind of being more of a bully and not backing down and, and things that I, you know, I was a little bit more timid, I think in sixth grade, I wasn't exactly the same kid this next go around. And so, you know, I think, um, some of my friends that I knew before were kind of like, wow, you know, this guy's totally different. And, you know, some of them, I don't think really liked it. And, um, but anyways, uh, I'd also start getting exposed to, uh, partying a lot around the seventh grade year. Um, my, one of my friends, uh, moms, she would buy us all alcohol. There was a, you know, good 10 of us kids probably that she buy alcohol and we'd all like drink and, and dance and listen to music and, and, um, it was kind of a controlled environment, you know, probably wasn't the best of things, but you know, the, the mom, she, I think, um, just try to be a cool mom to her daughter and kind of let her do whatever she wanted. So it was kind of interesting, but we liked to going over there and, um, hanging out and, uh, during this time, um, my mom kind of started dating again and she started meeting some guys and stuff like that. And, before she met my stepdad, I have a pretty crazy story to tell. Um, so when we were living in the apartments, my mom was dating this one guy. I can't remember his name. And he lived somewhere in Bakersfield and we were in Tatch B and the towns are about, I don't know, 40 minutes to an hour away from each other. And they were dating and, and stuff. And my mom would leave me and my sister at home. And we had, um, some friends over, there was this girl, Susan, I went to school with, um, just a friend. She had lived a couple apartments down. She was in the same home economics class that I was in. My buddy Clay was there and my little sister. And I don't think she had any friends over at the time. And, um, I had mentioned the home economics. We were like sitting there cooking something that we had learned in home economics. Can't exactly remember what it was, but we're in there cooking and all of a sudden, this lady just comes barging through the door. It's like, boom. And I'm just like, we're all like frightened and scared, you know, cause I'm thinking, damn, the door is supposed to be locked cause we always lock it. But I know it was kind of a hard door to lock and maybe one of the kids didn't lock it. So she comes in and you know, I'm freaking out. I kind of, as she's like peeking her head in, she's like asking where this guy's at and where my mom's at. And we're just like, they're not here. They're not here. Get out of here. Get out of here. And she's getting more persistent. So I go running back to my room um, and I go grab this pellet gun that I had. And um, I come pointing out the pellet gun and I'm like, you need to get out of my house. And she keeps coming back, man. I'm like, oh, she, she don't care about the pellet gun. And she's all looking in through the rooms and stuff for my mom. I'm like, get out, get out. I'm scared. My buddy, uh, Clay, grabbed like a, a knife or something from the pantry. And um, we're just screaming at her, get out, get out. So she finally gets out and she runs away and I'm, as she's running away, we're all like throwing rocks at her and stuff like that. And she just disappears and we're all scared and frightened. So, um, we have Susan who lived, like I said, a couple of doors down, she got in touch with her mom and her mom called cops. Cops came, of course, we gave them our story. Um, they looked for her. They're just like, you know, keep your doors locked and, you know, make sure you guys don't let her in or anything like that. So we're like, all right, no problem. We're back inside the house, you know, going back to what we were doing, trying to cook our stuff. And I say 
probably 20, 30 minutes go by. <clears throat> and we hear some yelling and screaming. And I'm like, what the heck? We could just hear like a lot of hooting and hollering outside. We go running outside and, and I can hear my mom screaming. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Nah. So I go running up these little stairs and to the parking lot. And my mom sees me, and that's when she engages with this girl, and her and this lady just start fighting with each other. And I'm like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to let my mom fight no one. And so I go running into this lady. I grab her by her hair, and I'm like, get off my mom. And she's not, you know, locking off. So I'm, like, kind of punching her and telling her, get off my mom. And I ended up kind of pulling and yanking her off and throwing her down to the ground saying, don't you ever touch my mom, you know, and... To, you know everybody's kind of backing my mom off and it's like wow this is crazy and uh the cops come again and you know uh she ended up running off and i think they caught her down the street and in some bushes or something like that but i think she ended up going to jail and all that good stuff but it was kind of a crazy time when my mom was dating and i was just like wow um <laughs> didn't know what to expect on that so Anyways, um, after all that stuff, um, you know, I was going back to school, living my normal life, kind of getting into a little bit of some fights and, and stuff like that. I actually would end up running into one of my cousins at, uh, the junior high and, um, he kind of was getting uh, bullied and picked on. And like I said, I was at a level where I wasn't really wanting to put up with stuff and, uh, I had gotten wind that. And I kind of seen some things and went to kind of his aid. And when I went to his aid, the kids were kind of on the popular side and they were older. And because <clears throat> I was, it was like seventh and eighth grade at this time. That was junior high. It was the eighth grade boys. And they were, you know, talking crap to me. And I ended up getting into this big, huge fight out in the playground. And um, it was one of the biggest kids. And I'm sitting there fighting a the guy and the whole circle starts caving in on us and everybody's just sitting there fighting and I'm just throwing blows at anybody and everybody and uh, kind of end up getting myself jumped and I'm just like holy crap man this is crazy so um as my mom was dating she ends up meeting my stepdad and my stepdad he lived in Palmdale and that was about another hour uh, south of Tehachapi and I was just like okay so my mom gets to really liking him and uh, eventually he would propose to her and ask her and my sister and I to move in with him and he had a, a stepdaughter um, who he had uh, adopted from his previous marriage um, living with him so um, my mom and sister ended up going and moving with him. I didn't want to go because here I am. I'm back with all my friends. I'm, I'm, you know, enjoying myself, partying, you know, got rule of the, you know, rule of the school and, you know, um, don't have to go meet in a whole set of other people. I just wasn't ready for it. So my mom let me go ahead and stay out there. And I lived out there for quite some time with my buddy, um, and his family, um, they had owned a beef jerky shop out there, which I absolutely loved. <laughs> we got to go work that after schools. And I don't know if we had worked it. We ate probably most of the jerky instead of we working. Um, but we've got to learn how to do beef jerky and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. Um, 
you know, and I was having so much fun. I know I didn't really want to go home much, but my mom would definitely say, you know, no, you need to come back home. And, um, so I would go on the weekends and visit her. And after doing some time of going back and forth and kind of starting to meet people in Palmdale, um, eventually I would move back to Palmdale and move in with my stepdad, stepsister, mom, and sister. All right, so now I'm back in Palmdale with my stepdad, uh, my stepsister, and my little sister, and, you know, we're all living in this house, and it was a very nice house. Um, it had a pool, two-story. Um, we all had our own bedrooms and stuff. It was a <clears throat> super nice uh, situation for us, especially considering that we came from a little two-bedroom apartment, and my mom and sister were sharing a room. So, um, living there, what's, um, I'm back living there. Um, it's kind of, I think about the tail end of my seventh grade year because, uh, my mom would put me into, um, a school, um, you know, I did, I can't remember the name of the dang school right now, but she put me in that school and I finished off my seventh grade year there. Um, and then there was this new school starting in Palmdale. It was called the Palmdale Learning Plaza. And um, it was a total new school. It was kind of a new, unique way of doing school. Um, most of the schooling was done on campus. But there was a, a little class off of campus, which was at the local mall. And it was kind of a cool little class. You got to go in there and work on computers, do little engineering-type projects and stuff like that. It was super cool. A very um, innovative for that time of year. And when we were, you know, when I was younger, it was super new. And so was really intrigued by it. Um, but you know, my mentality and the way that I was, I probably wasn't built for that kind of a school because I brought in my whole little thuggish little ways and thought I was a badass. Um, you know, and this was my eighth grade year. So I thought I was a little badass going into that school. Um, and, I became kind of the bully in that school and started uh, beating kids up. And when we'd play football, I was super aggressive to everybody. I'd be sitting there uh, blocking them and pushing them down into the ground because at this point I had been playing football for a couple of years. I was getting bigger and I was, uh, you know, a big kid. And I was kind of uh, taking advantage of the situation and not being a nice guy. Um, <laughs> so... Eventually, my that mentality and stuff like that would outgrow that school, and they would say, hey, enough is enough. Um, he's kind of a bully here. We don't want him here, and I got kicked out of that school, and it would put me right back into the school that I finished off seventh grade, and um, when I went back to that school, uh, you know, it was kind of being back with a whole bunch of bigger kids, and, um, you know, and I'm just like, oh, boy. Here I go again, um, trying to find my way. And I end up coming across um, a kid that I played, that I had met while playing football in sixth grade. The same team that uh, my mom came and kidnapped me from. I ended up running into him again. And I was like, dude. So we totally hit it off. Um, we were kind of different from each other. He was, you know, dressed more you know, like I would call preppy and stuff like that. And I was dressing more, 
uh, super baggy pants. Back then it was the Dickies and white t-shirts and kind of wearing uh, my pants below my ass and um, thinking I was, you know, tough shit. <laughs> um, so anyways, I'd hang out with those guys and uh, eventually, you know, uh, find my way inside that school and uh, meet some really good friends and um, a lot of them I would end up going into high school with. Now, before I cut this off, I'm going to end in one little good quick story and we'll finish off. And this is going to kind of conclude um, the rest of my childhood all the way through, uh, you know, elementary school and junior high. And then uh, the next couple episodes, we'll get into uh, my high school. Um, but anyways, I lost my virginity. Um, I was about summer of my eighth grade year so it's a good way to end um this story um <laughs> but there was a girl that moved in down the street um where i was living and uh she was just a really she's a little older than me and just a super persistent flirty pretty girl um something i wasn't really used to and you know um the girls obviously at that age started developing more and stuff like that. So, um, definitely was totally into her. And, um, so she eventually came over to my house one time and, um, no parents were home. And like I said, she was super aggressive. I had not been used to a girl so aggressive like this before. Um, so she's, she comes into my house, no parents are home and she's like sitting on my couch and she's like sitting there with these like very loose type shorts and, you know, it didn't look like she had, um, you know, I don't, I don't remember if she was wearing panties or not, but she's like opens up her, you know, opens up her like pants and I'm like totally flirt with me and telling me to come jump on her. And I'm like, Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I'm not experience at this point with you know having sex and stuff like that i had kind of messed around with some girls and stuff but uh no sex for me so i didn't even really you know know what to do when it came to putting a condom on for the first time and um you know when i put the condom on you're supposed to probably leave a little bit at the end i didn't exactly leave any at the end and i put it kind of snug on and um I just remember, you know, for the first time, like, wow, this is so great. And even with wearing the, you know, condom and stuff, I just, the sensation was too much for me. I don't think it was a very long thing. And so, um, that thing didn't go very long. And like, we got that, we were done. And I was just like, kind of scared, like scared, excited, you know, didn't know what to do. Kind of was like trying to get her out of the house. Cause I was scared, you know, maybe my parents might come home. And, uh, so she kind of leaves or whatever. And, um, eventually, um, uh, come to find out she was kind of the neighborhood, um, whore. <laughs> she had hooked up with some other guys after the, after me. And, um, you know, back then there was a whole HIV scare and all this stuff. So it got it, you know, kids and rumors and stuff they started getting into my head saying oh she's got aids and stuff and i'm like oh no so i'm thinking oh shit i got aids and you know of course i i do i don't remember what i did or how i approached my parents with it and stuff but 
I got myself tested for AIDS because uh, I was freaking out so bad. And of course, obviously, I don't have AIDS. Thank God. But anyways, um, that is another fun s story of mine. Um, I hope, you know, I can hear some of your guys' stories out there. Uh, there's definitely going to be some way more crazy stories coming your way because as I got older, I only got a little bit more crazier. I wouldn't say a little more crazy. I got way more crazier. And uh, I'll definitely share some pretty, pretty crazy fun stories. And then we're going to obviously get to my Marine Corps times. And that shit right there is going to, I don't know how long that could take because... I got a slew of, uh, you know, stories from the Marine Corps. But, hey, as I'm going through my stories, guys, I know um, I'm, I may be boring some of you guys, maybe not. But I would absolutely love to hear from you guys and get some stories from you guys. And um, would love to accumulate a, a couple of stories from your experiences and that maybe, you know, shaped you who you are. Maybe it's just something super funny you wanted to uh Go left unsaid. You know, this is a great place to uh, air it out. And if you don't want to leave your name, you don't have to leave your name. You could definitely, um, you know, do it and uh, um, be totally discreet. And I don't have to share your name. But uh, like I said, I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, another uh, fun and upcoming thing that I'm going to be doing. Um, it's going to be a completely new segment. It's going to be um, kind of a... Like a you know, my take on how things are going and, and where we're at with the world today and some of the current things that we're going through and um, just kind of, you can hear from my perspective and how, what my take is on it and how I feel about it. Um, one of the first topics I'm actually going to bring up, I live in, of course, uh, most of you guys know, California and the city I live in, absolutely crazy stuff going on around here with the electricity and the natural gas so you're not going to want to miss the segments if you're interested in kind of what's going on in the world today um and if you want to chime in on some of these i'd love to have you on or just uh send me uh you know message or you know whatever you want to do I, i'm open book so um i totally want this show to be completely authentic and translucent as you could tell I stumble through some of my words. Um, I get cotton mouth from time to time. I'm having a sip. So, hey, nothing perfect here. So don't feel, you know, like you have to be perfect to come on to the show or even, you know, send your story in because uh, I'm definitely not perfect. But anyways, I hope you guys are uh, having a great year so far. I uh, hope you're enjoying what you're hearing, and I hope you continue to listen. Have a great day. And once again, you're listening to Every Day is a Saturday with Brian Roof.